Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is how have our loved ones influenced our writing careers? Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the festive and fearless, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Man, it's been a shitty day. It's like noon here, and it's been a really shitty, 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 shitty day. <laughs> okay. T.B.'s in a really good mood, everyone, I must just say. She was just uh, she was just insulting me off air, so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does on air. So go on then, tell me uh, why your day has been shitty. Uh, it's just been one of those days where, like, the simple task I do, because we're recording on a Tuesday, and it's um, I Heart Lesbic Newsletter Day, and all the simple things that usually takes me about five minutes, because I do all the prep work, I do all the hard work days before, so I was trying to get everything set up this morning, and this one thing after the other, like all the freaking technology services I use, decided to do major revamps overnight, and um, it was just a pain in the fucking ass, like... I understand that some of these technology companies, like MailChimp lately, has been like increasing their fees quite drastically, and then saying, oh, we're giving you this option, we're giving you this option. Why can't they just be like, you know what? We've created more stuff. If you want it, you can, you can, you can opt in for a higher tier or paying tier, but why make me pay for shit I don't want and then it doesn't really work? Just, you know, just saying. Just spitballing. <laughs> I can't answer your question. <laughs> If anyone's listening from MailChimp, could you uh, write in and tell TB? <laughs> so yeah, so I had a um, not a fun morning so far. Not fun. I'm amazed I got everything out on time. So usually stuff that takes five minutes took me two hours. In other news, <laughs> Kismet is officially live on Amazon. And funny enough, when I was uploading at the KDP, there was an issue with that. And I can't remember what it was. Like, it was driving me crazy. There was something going on, but I can't remember what it was. But anywho, it, I got it up. I got it published. And I'm pleasantly surprised by how well it's doing, considering it's a novella I've expanded into a full-length novel. It's doing all right, the charts, considering. Good. I wasn't sure what to expect. Why would that make a difference? I, well, it was published first as a novella a couple mm. years ago. So mm. people are kind of familiar with the story. And then I've reworked it and turned it into a novel. So I wasn't sure how many people would want to give it a second chance. Oh, okay. Basically. Because coming from the other way, I would say that a lot of people might not have read the novella. Because was it in a... Um, I'm not saying that it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't have been a fantastic novella, but it was in an anthology, right? So, yes. and so, so yeah, there uh, are people who, yeah. like... I got a lot of emails being like, wait, when did you publish this novella? I didn't know. Mm. And I'm like, well, it wasn't under my name. It was a, um, a joint author of anthology. So, yeah, so there is that. But yes. Because I, I... I have to include, like, by the way, this was previously published. Right. Because I would never read... I don't generally uh, read anthology, so I would never have seen it. So that's what I mean. I would think from, from my perspective and from your perspective, I would say the majority of people would just see it as a, a new book. That's true. I do know a lot of people did buy the Winter Hearts because all the um, the proceeds went to charity. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Yes. So it was one of those where we, we were able to raise money for, I can't remember what charities now, because that was like two years ago. The world's changed a lot. I do remember that. 
Uh, Heart of Ice has finally been released in audio. Holy smokes, that book took forever to go from being in quality control to heading to retail to finally arriving in retail. It took weeks, weeks, maybe a couple months. Now I just need to get Life in Bits to hit the audio shelves because that was moved a couple days after Heart of Ice to heading to retail because that's a that's a holiday book. I really need it to come out before Christmas. <laughs> There's no use of it if it comes out on December 26th. And you know what it is? It's the holiday season. <laughs> doop dee doop. Yeah, so um, I'm just crossing my fingers that one gets out in time. Um, I'm audio proofing the setup, which is the novella I published this summer. Uh, I'm working with Ella Lynch on it. She's a British narrator that I've never worked with before, and I'm loving her narration. Um, she's just capturing Rory's excitement of being in London for the first time. And that was the fun of writing this book because I was able to relive some of my own experiences and go back to a much happier time in human history than what we're currently experiencing. So um, also, I took a little bit of a risk with that one because Rory is an American that moves to Britain, and I, I hired a British narrator because all the dialogue, most of it, is going to be British accents. So I wanted to, it to sound, I thought it would be easier for a British narrator to master one American accent and then have a natural flow with all the British accents. We'll see how it does. Very good. And then I am continually working on my British novella a little bit at a time, but I have started my big project for December a week late. <laughs> But I'm, uh, I'm starting to outline a new book that I'm co-writing with Miranda McLeod. So we have started the, the heavy lifting of outlining. And on my author website, I have continued with my festive project where I'm adding a new photo each day. And it's mostly showcasing Lady Grey looking grumpy as can be because she doesn't, she doesn't really like, she doesn't really like this project <laughs> where I shove some kind of holiday decoration in her face and get a photo. She's not having fun. I think she might kill me. Well, I think you are just being a bit cat abusive. Uh, no, uh, I am joking. Uh, do you go over to TB's? Uh, is, is it iHeartLess Fake website? That on? No, this one is no, on, it's on my, yours. Uh, I'll, I'll drop the link in the show notes. This but, is on my author website. Okay, do go and have a look because I did this week and it, it made me smile. I mean, you know, pictures of cats with festive things on their heads is always fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's one. There's one. You can just tell she just is like, oh, seriously, again? What the fuck? <laughs> Why do I have to take a photo with this gnome? So that's what's been going on in my life. Um, really bad morning, trying to get my audiobooks out in time, and starting a new project. What are you doing? Well, today I have paid my tax return, finally, because uh, there's been a lot of different steps to doing these tax returns. So um, I paid the big bill and had a little cry, and then I've got the smaller tax uh, return to pay as well so um, I'm waiting for the go-ahead for that that should take a few days but these are all necessary bits of running your own business right also today big news I went to see a um, massage therapist now I am not a massage fan but my the place I go for physio has just opened up a brand new facility really near where we live so I went along they were doing taster sessions and they they hooked me in and uh, and then offered me some discounts on full-length sessions so I just went to my first I haven't had a proper hour-long massage for 25 years because I don't like massage. Uh, so I just had one because I think that my shoulders and arms and things need it. And it was good, but it was a bit challenging. But I'm going back again. 
Were you like white knuckling the side of the table at points? Um, was, there was points she kept saying, telling me to breathe. Just keep breathing. Just keep breathing. I'm like, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, she was very nice. She was very, uh, I think, oh, massage. Well, a good massage therapist should be very calm, shouldn't they? And she was that person. Whereas the last time I had a massage, it really put me off massage because the woman was just kept you know going digging into places and I kept flinching and then she was like oh god your body is just in a whole world of pain I remember her saying that to me and I was just like well it I'm not very relaxed here <laughs> I actually got up and left that massage and I haven't been back for a massage for like 25 years so uh, I got through it today so I feel like I've achieved something this week she she told you that your body was in a world of pain yep oh I went to, um, I think I, when I had a, a breast exam at one point, I met, I mentioned something and the woman actually said, well, women with very tiny breasts. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> 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 like, like I already didn't know that fact about my body. <laughs> so there you go. So, um, that's been a little bit of today. And I've also, also, um, just been freestyling, uh, 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 some new words. So I'm still not sure what I'm going to be writing, uh, next. <laughs> you give me a very strange look there, but I just did did, some, did a bit of freestyle writing this morning. Yeah, uh, when you said that, hmm. when you said that, I took it as like you were just making up new words. <laughs> you just decided upon yourself to rewrite the human dictionary. I was like freestyling new words. What are you talking about? Yes, I'm. Uh, that's my next project. I'm leaving lesbian romance, and I'm going to write um, a new romance dictionary. Hey, that's not a bad idea, actually. But, you know, um, no, I won't be doing that. What else have I been doing this week? I've been writing a, a few uh, writing a few blogs that I'll be putting out over the next few weeks. The other thing that happened was, oh, my first copies of Christmas and Mistletoe uh, came back from the printer, so that was really good. Um, and these ones are much brighter. Do you remember I was saying that the one from Amazon was a bit dull in colour? They should be a brighter colour. Well, these ones from Ingram Spark much better and I do like the finish on the Ingram books better too the covers don't curl as much as the Amazon ones so but it was good because um actually I I put out anybody want a signed copy for Christmas and I sold yeah I ordered a box of books and um, they were all spoken for so that's good so I've had to order some more now because <laughs> I've had some more signed copy but the thing with signed copies right I'm very happy to do them but you know what I have actually I don't really I get very nervous when I go to sign books do you get nervous when you're signing books? Like, I'm always afraid that I'm going to fuck it up. And I've fucked it up on numerous occasions. Like, you'd think, just writing, but writing someone's name, writing a little message, and then signing my own signature is tricky for me. And these are things that you never think about when you when you go into this career. You're like, well, signing a book, that's going to be really exciting. No, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, I don't really like doing it. Actually, I have to draw the winner for my setup giveaway, but I only have one copy of the setup at the moment. And so before I notify the winner, I had to order more copies because more than likely, if I just have one copy, you know I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I, I signed a lot of books and I managed not to fuck up one of a whole box, so I was pretty pleased with myself. And I then I had to sign, like, when I went to uh, something last summer, I had to sign like a hundred books. That oh my was god! Really annoying. That is a lot. That is a lot. I know. I didn't. It was sign. like a day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what though? I was writing my Christmas cards uh, the next day, and I fucked up quite a few of those. So clearly, all my all my luck was used up on the books. I'd rather fuck up a Christmas card than a book. What else have I been doing? Uh, and we went out at the weekend to uh, to a pub. 
and sat outside in the cold. But it was exciting. Exciting to go outside the house and sit outside in the cold. And then this week, uh, I haven't done it yet, but um, I've been just pushing all my admin tasks out the door. I finally almost got down to the end of my list. So I will be now starting London 7 tomorrow, going through that and um, seeing what my editor's comments were because uh, it's been sat in my in-tray for about two months and I've just been ignoring it. That would be... looked at all? No, not really. Nope. I had Christmas to do, so I just put it to one side. So my plan this week is to write some new words and then go through London 7. Do you at least know that the editor wasn't like, no, restart? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I've, I've, read, her, I've read her outline email. And she loved okay. it. Yeah, yeah, no. She, her comments were overwhelmingly positive. Uh, there was a few issues, but, you know, there's always a few issues. So, But I, I haven't, literally, I haven't been through the actual document in one okay. bit. So that's this week. Oh, I'll give you a quick update on uh, Spurs. They're flying, that's all I can say. Uh, still top of the league. Beat Arsenal 2-0 at the weekend. Go Tottenham. Uh, and, more importantly, the women won. They've got a new manager and we won 3-1. So go the Spurs women. And Christmas movie watching, yes, it's going well. And I am very much in the holiday spirit now. After you telling me I wasn't last week, which, by the way, I thought I was, but, you know. Um, I, I, I've been listening to Christmas music all week. Magic FM on repeat. Uh, I think I've heard E17 stay another day about 5,000 times now. You've even sent me a clip of you singing a Christmas song. I did. Just to prove. <laughs> I, I can always tell when I've gotten under your skin a bit. <laughs> Because you have to, like, really, really go out of the way to prove that I was wrong. I can't believe that you said I wasn't festive. Take it back. Anyway, let's get on to comments. Come on, Monitor, what you got? All right, first up, we have a comment from Rafi. Rafi is an Aussie, and so Rafi believes the correct term is dressing gown, not robe. So you get one, and I've got one. I think we're tied. Okay. I would, Raffi also says Merry Christmas to us both, so thank you very much, Raffi. Oh, I would. I think this is probably the same Raffi because I've got a comment from Raffi as well. <laughs> All right. And she All lives. Right. And she lives in Melbourne, so she just said she'd like to thank us for the the podcast. They kept her removed, especially during the strict long lockdown she had in Melbourne, and she chuckles along with all our top bants. And we have a comment from Marion Snow, a fellow lesbian author. Uh, Marion was commenting on our episode on last week where we weighed in about a lesbian author who is transitioning from female to male. And the author was wondering if um, it would be okay to continue writing lesbian. And we said absolutely. And Marion is weighing in and saying, yes, absolutely okay. And that someone's lived experiences only adds depth to their own writing. So... I like the way she put that. Yes, I thought that was a, a perfect response, so thank you, Marion. We have a comment from Carmen, um, who has been catching up on a few episodes. She had a comment on episode 88, and just to prove that I'm getting old and can't remember anything we do, um, she said that Kate Davies' book, In the Deep End, In at the Deep End, is that what the mm -hmm. title is? In at the Deep End, yeah. Uh, Wowzers, uh, she said the audio version was brilliant and scary all at once and that I would be cringing and turning crimson if I was walking about with that in my ear. Is that true? What's this? Did we discuss this? Um, I think it was my book of the year last year. It's a fantastic book. Kate Davis, In at the Deep End. Um, it's very, it's um, lesbian life in London. 
it's very real and there's more fisting in it than I've ever encountered in one <gasps> book. So <laughs> certain parts of my body clenched. <laughs> but it's really funny. I really loved it. Um, Carmen also says pink and orange can uh, be cute if done right, and Carmen is a Spurs fan. Go Carmen. She she's on my side with the pink and orange. She's a Spurs supporter. I love her. Alright, we also have a comment from Neen who uh likes the fact that we are in the perfect balance because you are the you always see the bright side and are a bit more bubbly. And I am the pessimistic American who prefers darker reach. She she likes the way we uh compliment each other. Alright, we have a comment from Jen who says we are awesome people, so give yourself a pat on the back. Okay. And Jen also appreciated our comment to Anonymous about transitioning and continue to write uh, women loving women fiction. Jen says, we have a gracious and open-minded way about us and is appreciated. Jen has also weighed in on the location versus a bank's, uh, blank slate in the world. And Jen appreciates either a long rambling description like you find in Tolkien, and Tolkien does ramble a bit about location <laughs> and descriptions. Um, or once where authors just drop little nuggets and then the reader can uh, picture the scenery on their own, but prefers having some type of location to ground the reader mm. instead of just, uh, I love it when the characters just kind of walk through an empty void and you never know where they are. <laughs> so that's it for comments on my site. I've got one from Harry. She says, um, I've just discovered your podcast and it's brilliant. I snort laugh my way through the episodes and also I've learned loads. So that's good, isn't it? Funny and entertaining. That's us, TB. There you go. Or educational, that's what I should say. And um, I'm not sure how you pronounce this. Kuvia, Kuavia. Sorry, Kuavia. She says she loves the podcast and finds it such fun. So thank you for listening. And sorry if I just butchered your name. It's normally TB's job. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad it wasn't me this time. Uh, we also had a comment from someone who uses a service to block, I guess, offensive material because they have children in the house. And ours was is being blocked because it's a lesbian podcast. And oh, no. So uh, thank you for alerting me to the fact. Yes. About that. Yes. Thank you for that. Okay, let's get on to the topic at hand, which is how have your loved ones influenced your writing career, positively or negatively? Or both. Or both. <laughs> or both. <laughs> no one's perfect. <laughs> do you want to kick off on this one, Dubi, or do you want me to? Should we roll a die? Sure. I'm thinking of a number between one, one to five. Guess the number. Two. Four. So what does that mean? I go first or you? I, I don't know. <laughs> either how about you go first okay it's really that's a really good game I like that so um I will say that uh, I think um I've been pretty lucky in this regard because I think all around my experience has been very positive I've got a wife who's been nothing but supportive um financially supportive at first when I uh, got made redundant from my job and then um, decided to give this a give this a go but it's not just financial support it's more emotional support that she's given me because living with a creative is no walk in the park uh, I'm the first to admit this and we're all a curious mix of self-confidence and self-doubt and those things march hand in hand together in fact they skip they skip and they jump and they laugh in our faces and they never go away so I've mentioned this before that you, you know you think 
as you go along and you release book after book, all the whole process of writing a book and releasing a book and dealing with, you know, everything that comes with it would get easier, but no, it doesn't. So it's it's nerve wracking. Living the life of a creative takes courage, as I've said before, and my wife has been there every step of the way with me and she's always there to provide a reassuring pat on the back or just tell me to stop being ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and it really does all make a difference. And you do hear about other people's partners not being supportive and especially for something like this, especially for something like writing, because a, a lot of people would consider maybe, well, you know, is it just your little hobby? Is it just your little hobby that you're doing? And <laughs> and it, you don't have to do this as a full-time profession to be a writer. Um, if you're writing, you're a writer. And I I just don't know. I hear, I've heard this so much in creative groups on Facebook about people whose partners or families or friends aren't supportive of of their creative field and I was I don't know about you but I would expect support whatever my job was it's not about being a creative field you know I mean my wife has a background in accounting um so I can't say that I understand her job very much but I listen to her daily triumphs and woes and nod my head but I don't understand the world and she doesn't understand but if I just dismissed her I wouldn't be being a very good partner would I but I do have a question. Does your wife, is she just like blown away by my math skills? She's constantly saying how fantastic your math skills are, TB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see answers that no one else even thinks of. <laughs> <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying because uh, my partner is also in business. And I, as you could probably guess, don't understand a lot about business. But you still have to listen and you still have to be there and you still have to support the person. So yeah, when you're a creative, it could be a little bit much because we are a bit fragile ego people. But I mean, it's not just part of being in a relationship where you support the other person. Yeah, isn't that, that what an ideal relationship <laughs> should be? <laughs> <laughs> but it's incredible the amount of times I hear that people don't support um, the other person, especially with creative writing and or not a creative career. And I suppose mm-hmm. I, I I think. I think people get jealous maybe of the time, especially if you've got a full-time job, right? So if you've got a full-time job and then you're getting up early in the morning or working late at night to get your words down, um, all hail to you if you're doing that. It's incredible. But I think it can cause friction in relationships, can't it? But I think even if I was doing that, I mean, I did do that. My first books, first couple of books I ever wrote was way before self-publishing happened. And I did it all during the evenings. I was so motivated then. I've never released wow. those books. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I mean, I think also part of it, especially in the very beginning stages, because I know when I first started out, you're not making a lot of money, and some people may be upset by that because it is a risk. Because I know when I started writing, um, there was a little bit of history to why I started writing full time when I did. It's because in 2011, we moved from Boston to London because my partner was transferred for her job. So I had to quit my job in Boston and I moved to London. And when I arrived in London, I didn't have a job lined up. And it was my partner who actually said, you've always wanted to pursue writing. This would be your time because at at the time her company was paying her rent for two years. So it was kind of a really good time to be like, see if you can make a go of it. But she was the one because I was like, kind of like, what am I going to do? I'm not really one who doesn't do much. Like, I can't just, like, you know, be retired or anything. So when I was when I was saying, should I look for a job, or should I, she was the one who was like, you should start, you should pr- 
you know, really start learning about the writing business and see what you can do. And she's the one who kept pushing me. She, we would set deadlines and she would help me keep a, a, being accountable to the deadlines. Cause sometimes when you're a creative, um, deadlines <laughs> can be a little fluid. <laughs> um, so she was the one who really helped me a lot. And also she's the one who, whenever I have to come up with a book title, I hate book titles. I struggle with them. So whenever it gets to that stage in the um, process, we'll go to a pub together and have some drinks. And usually she's the one that comes up with the titles. Do you guys do that? Do you brainstorm your titles? Not really, no. I would say um, that my wife is always um, my first reader when she when she has um, the time, if, if the timings work. And she has, and we do sometimes sort of if I'm stuck on a plot point or if I'm stuck of knowing where to go, I might tell her the thing and then she does, she's quite good at coming up with things there. But I don't, as a rule, sort of brainstorm story ideas or titles, not as often, maybe occasionally, but not as often. I, I do have some friends who I brainstorm titles with, so they're useful. Take them out for a pizza and they come up with a title. And I think I, I've said as well on the here before, my dad also likes to come up with lists of titles for my books. They're all really bad, but he likes to do it. And I like to make him feel included. So, you know, everyone's a winner. Well, sometimes when you read the list of bad titles, the right one will come to you because you're like, okay, I see where this is going. Yes. Like you can pick up certain themes and it does help. But yeah. I do think it's cute that he likes to, is it just you that he likes to come up for titles or does he just like, or is he just like a title guy <laughs> no matter what? <laughs> he's, a, he's a word guy. He used to be a journalist. Um, you know, he reads a lot. He, he does a lot of word puzzles now, he's a bit older, so, you know, he likes coming up, he just likes, he likes the challenge of it. Uh, and yeah, I must admit, um, I, think, I think he was trying to come up with a title for one of my London series, and he, <laughs> the list he gave me was hilarious, but it did actually spark something that eventually became the title, so yeah. He's got, he's got his uses, that one. I think as well as being uh, supportive, um, my wife is also, she, she never moans if I need to work late or work weekends because you do have to do that if you're running your own business. Um, you don't work a nine to five job. So, um, and, it, and it would be the same with her too. So I think, yeah, basically it just goes back to being, a, being in a supportive relationship. Uh, and I suppose yeah. not everybody uh, has that. Do you think uh, both of our partners are uber supportive because mine's always really supportive when I have to work long hours or on the weekends because they're in high pressure business jobs they kind of understand it I think yeah probably that helps I'm just seeing a connection there yes yes they're both in finance aren't they our partners I know they're with the evil empire (laughs) (laughs) as for my family and friends um they were all but super supportive when I started out and needed it most buying all my books when I told them even if they didn't read them Uh, My brothers and sisters, my sister-in-laws, some of my nieces, my nephews, my brothers, my sisters and sister-in-laws and nieces still read my books. My brothers read them on holiday, at least two of my my three brothers. Actually, so my family is still very supportive and my niece is actually now a very successful book blogger and she featured Before You Say I Do on her blog during Pride Month, which was very lovely of her. So, and even my parents have read a couple of my books, which is something I never thought I'd say. Um, they didn't really comment that much on it, but they just went, hmm, read them, hmm. But obviously- Were you just cringing inside? <laughs> like, oh my God, my parents read my sex scenes. You know, <laughs> it's life. <laughs> I think you have to get over that, don't you? I mean, I think that's one of the key things that you have to just get over when you're first publishing. You just think, oh God, I don't want anybody I know to read this. But then actually, once it's out there, you're just like, yeah, you know what? Uh, it, it's a good sex scene. If you're going to read one, 
Pretty good one. I think we're at different levels when it comes to that. <laughs> and obviously, this is not advice that we would say now um, to get all your friends and family to buy your book because it will fuck up your also books on the Amazon algorithm. It's not, it's not the best advice now, but when I was starting out in 2014, I got everybody I knew to buy London Calling on the day it went live. So, um, and it and it did used to work back then. Um, it'll still work. You'll still get those sales, but it might fuck up your also books in the algorithm. Rhythms. Yeah, it's definitely changed. The publishing market has changed from 2014, where that would have just given you a bump in sales. But now if you did that where you had like a lot of your friends and family who, let's say one of them reads mostly books about cozy mysteries, another one likes how to to play guitar, it's really going to confuse Amazon and they're going to start recommending your book to the wrong people and you're not going to find the audience you need. That's why you would like to stick with the lesbian or lesbian fiction, lesbian romance audiences so it doesn't confuse Amazon. Yes. You don't want to confuse Amazon. They're easily confused. Um, What about you? What about you with... um sort of your wider circle of family and friends well i'm an orphan so that takes care of that but no my friends my friends have always been extremely supportive and i have a few writing friends especially who when i get myself into a jam with a story or something where i can call them up and be like i'm in trouble how do i get out of this and so um since they are also writers they they understand the dilemma and they'll sit down and help me uh work out a problem and everything and also sometimes you just need to be able to talk it through Mm. to someone and then they may not they not what am i trying to say they may not know the solution but as you're talking yourself through you can figure it out but you you kind of need like a sounding board Mm. yes um and i think it really does help to have those friends like people who who understand the process i mean i think that i'm i've got a lot of mates as well who are very very proud and very supportive of my work and still buy every book i publish which is lovely uh, but i'm not going to bring them up because they're just they're just readers who enjoy what i write so that's really nice and i think actually that's another facet that um you can have all this support but it's that it's actually really lovely when all your friends are uh sort of proud of what you do um that's a really nice sort of side effect it's just like do they put you on the spot though like if you're at the pub and be like oh this is claire she's like a fabulous writer and then like the person you've never met wants you to talk about it and you're just like i just like turn like bright red and i'm like oh why did you mention that (laughs) i think as we said before you know saying you're a lesbian romance writer is always a conversation stopper or a starter you're never quite sure which one it's going to be right or even just saying you're a writer everyone has opinions about it yeah everyone like (laughs) It's one of those jobs, like if you were maybe, I don't know, a bricklayer, you might not get, it might not be like such a conversation starter in a pub. It could be, but most of the time, probably not. No. (laughs) But when you say you're a writer, wow, you get a lot of like really awkward questions. I will say though that most of my friends and family uh, have no idea what independent publishing involves. But having said that, why would they? I don't know the ins and outs of their jobs. Um... They just see that I write books, but they're mainly unaware that I do uh, everything myself with the help of a team of fabulous freelancers, but they don't realise that I organise everything. I think that's kind of normal, because if you ask me to describe my partner's job, even though I hear about it a lot, I... no fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) I think one thing as well um, I was going to say is I do also have a weekly check-in call with a very old friend of mine. A really, really good um, friend of mine who runs her own business. And when I started Custard Books, she also started her own business, uh, but in in like software. 
Um, but we set up a, a call. We have a call every Monday in the morning and we just check in and see how our businesses are going, how we're feeling mentally, a bit of a check-in, and we set goals for the week. Uh, and we So she's seen my business and how it's unfolded and vice versa. So now, when I say some things to her, she'll call bullshit and say, no, no, that's not that's not actually true because I know you've been through this before and you are you're just pulling numbers out of the air have you actually checked what's happening and uh, so that's quite good it's quite good to have that person as well so she's a really old friend who now understands the business of publishing more than she probably would ever want to oh I did have a question about your friend who is you said maybe she's running a software company is she running a software company or is she not uh, no, no, she she works. Um, she she's got her own company, and she deals in like sort of back end software. She's like okay. a she's uh, like so a, the way you phrased it. I'm like, are you trying to protect her identity? Oh no, no, no. She's <laughs> she's like a she's like a high paid consultant for very specialist software. Oh, can we start being a high paid consultant <laughs> for uh, indie publishing? I don't think they pay as much as she gets paid. FYI. Damn it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> You have to you have to go into like some really niche software, and then you get paid a lot of money. To wrap up, I was saying is in any career having the support of your loved ones is preferable, uh, and especially if you want to make it in this career because you are going to be working a lot of hours if this is your full time job, and you are going to be go through highs and lows emotionally uh, with every book release um, and just generally, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's it's a very it's a roller coaster career. Uh, but if you're prepared to go into it and if your partner's supportive or if your friends and family are supportive, um, then that can only aid things. Absolutely. And don't forget to also listen to your partner about their job. <laughs> it's not a one-way street. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that? Shit, I must do that later. Right, okay, well, let us know um, if uh, your loved ones are supportive in your writing career um, and if not, how do you cope? Get in touch via the website lesbianswhowrite.com, um, email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram me. Next week we're going to be discussing favourite Christmas memories. Yes, we're getting super festive just to prove to TB that I am festive. You, you, yeah, you really love it when I call you out on something, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> so until then, stay safe, keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Bye.